Well, 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 we are gathered here today um, <laughs> to celebrate the friendship and the living friendship that I have, best friendship with Faith Ivory. She's here on the pod. Welcome, Faith. Well, I'm so happy to be here. I feel honored and blessed to oh join gosh. the Bledsoe Gals. I am so happy to have you here. Faith and I have just spent an entire weekend together, and I dropped her off at the airport last night. And, and she wants to continue, continue chatting with you. That's exactly. And so this morning, I, I you know, c- couldn't get enough. So we're here, <laughs> and we're going to, you know, we're going to get into the past four years. How long have we been friends for? I think, like, around there. Five, four. Five? I don't know. A lifetime. hundred. A lifetime, truly. A lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to, I think one of the um, amazing things about you guys is that you guys had the truly special experience of doing your first job out of college together. Indeed. And and we wanted to bring Faith on and hear about what that experience is like. What's Chandler like in corporate America? (laughs) Truly. Behind the scenes. (laughs) And answer all questions. Advertising film school, BYU advertising program, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Toxic positivity. Also, we're experts <laughs> on that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> the thing, you know, but really? we, we maybe Honestly, are that. We didn't know, but we've we've been practicing toxic positivity for years now. <laughs> now we're canceled. Truly years. So you all, you both joined us and are so nice to wake up very early. I'm four hours ahead of you. So it's 1229 my time, but it's actually 829 your time. So thank you for being here so early. <laughs> so happy to be here. Um, this maybe is not early, but this maybe continues on to Chandler and I's relationship of Chan being a wonderful, happy, sprightly morning person. And I am a gremlin in the morning. Oh, my gosh. But I've truly actively tried to be happier in the morning after working with Chan. Because Chan once was like, Faith, I would come into the office. I'm like, (laughs) happiest can be like walking towards our desk. You like, don't look up. You're like, hi. (laughs) And you're like, and Chan seriously said to me, I had to like not take it personally. I had to be like, this is just how she is. She just doesn't like the mornings. I mean, there was a time where I literally would walk into work and I, and I, we were through like going through an especially, you know, rough patch mm. and like, yeah, you wouldn't look up and I would sit down and kind of wait for you to get excited to see me. <laughs> I would just get absolutely nothing from you, but it's okay. It's just are different styles. I mean, yeah, I just would like to write a letter to morning people from night people. Like, (laughs) dear morning people, we still love you. It's just like 8am and we can't (laughs) right now. I I think honestly, what happens is as a morning as I'll speak for the morning uh, people community, morning person community. um, (laughs) I think that I wake up in the morning and my hope is the highest for like my life and my dreams and like aspirations and everything Mm -hmm. and then it just starts to rapidly diminish like after (laughs) I have about three good hours and then it just rapidly (laughs) diminishes and so when we would work these late hours and it would be like you know 7 p.m and I would realize like oh I'm not leaving this office until 11 12 (laughs) 1 2 like like from my from the morning person perspective like I was just like well there's there's literally zero hope in the tank I've got yeah. no gas to run on. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just, uh, I mean, most of the time too, I was doing like intermittent fasting or some BS. So like so I would be bad. hungry. 
Like, it's, like, one thing to, like, work with a not-morning person, but it's another thing to work with a fasting person. And I'll also say. <laughs> What's your chief complaint about that? Because I also was a fasting person in the workplace, and so I'm curious. Um, I think it's, like, it's going to be similar to, like, my mood in the morning is, like, Chandler's oh. mood before lunch. Right, oh, my gosh. Right. It'll be like 11.05 and I would just like be so grumpy and ravenous. And then we'd eat lunch at like noon on the dot, of course. And then I would eat and then I would be ravenous two hours later and unable to work. (laughs) Yeah. So wait, it's fine. (laughs) Can you guys speak to, Faith, you you alluded to this. The like at what point – okay, so let's back it up actually. Okay, let's back it up. Um, you are in the advertising program. Mm-hmm. And at what point did you look across, I don't know, the ad lab, mm-hmm. see a blonde haired beauty respectively and realize I would like to be twain professionally <laughs> with this woman? It really was. I will. I Okay. Our love story really begins at a silver shiny puffer coat <laughs> that I saw Chandler wearing and I immediately was mad because I had seen that, that puffer coat online and wanted to order for myself. <laughs> and I was like, this bit, I have seen this on you now. It's so obvious that I'm copying you if I buy this. I did this too. I was mad because I definitely had been looking at it. <laughs> but that is when I also was like, okay, cool girl that like maybe has the same vibe. So yeah. that was the beginning of our love story. But in continuum, I knew that we really were meant for each other when I was talking to Chan and she was like, yeah, I have to go home and watch my shows. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, someone invited her to do something, and she's like, yeah, I can't. I have to go watch shows. <laughs> and I thought, this is my girl. Like, I feel the same every day of my life. <laughs> this is, like, pre-podcast days when she actually has to watch – you know, that's the irony. When you didn't have to watch shows <laughs> – yeah. You would schedule it. And then all of a sudden, Chandler would be like, I can't record for like five hours. I still haven't watched the shows. <laughs> I mean, really? I literally, I feel like I remember that time and being really mad at like our workload because it was get- cutting into my show time. Yeah. You know? Okay. That's what I want to know more about. So like you guys, you know, you're working a lot in the ad lab, but I feel like ad lab work as someone who spent an, a semester, I don't know if you remember this, Faith, but I spent a semester potentially yeah. going to do advertising. Yeah. We you get know, it. it's like, like you, you, which is a whole story I'll tell another time. But you feel like it's kind of like you're there working extra because you're like gonna go places in your career and you're gonna kill it, and like it's all voluntary on some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like you transition to then being fully employed at mm-hmm. a, at an advertising agency. We won't say the name of yours. We'll call it like Pull and Poe or something. <laughs> so like you're fully employed at Pull and Poe um, advertising and and suddenly you are working till midnight, till 3 a.m. And that's, you know, it's not like a thing where if you stay till 6.30, like people look at you like a hero in the office right, and you yes. stayed late. Yes. Well, how do you mentally adjust to that? Because I think we can all agree that none of us enjoy working, period, let alone <laughs> into the small hours. <laughs> Yes. I'm like, I don't know. I think Chan thinks I'm a psycho 
because I like when we were in LA working together, I really actually love working. <laughs> and like really? Yes. I really get a lot of like weird fulfillment from working and I hate I well, hate not working sometimes. Faith Faith is like a talented, no. like driven artist. And so when she's actually able to create like some sort of artistic output, it brings her a lot of internal joy. Yeah. Like, I do not have any of those bones in my body. <laughs> so like I feel like I'm just being forced to produce like to to do labor, if you will. And so no, like no, no. Faith, like in fact, no, if we didn't have any projects, like, like Faith is being frustrated. so nice. This is like so healthy. Like I am not healthy. Like I am like so competitive and mm, this is true. evil. This and is also true. So that is like my drive though. Like I really like get a lot of fulfillment in like doing like a crazy job. But um yeah. not but I'm not saying I'm perfect. I would like to also say that Chandler recently said, like, Faith, you do such a good job of, like, flying on the seat of your pants. Like, what if you really, <laughs> really tried? <laughs> you know wow, what could what happen. <laughs> I was trying to say it as delicately. No, no, no. It was, but it's, it's true, though. It's true. I mean, Faith is so talented that when she puts in, like, literally, the like, a normal or baseline amount of effort, like, she does incredible work. And so... And we were having a conversation about routine. But, like, I think also what was hard for us is that, like, I mean, this is just going to be true at any job. It doesn't really have to do with our particular agency. But mm-hmm. we had so many projects that were just, like, not artistically or creatively driven. And, mm-hmm. like, that, you know, that's just going to be true in any sort yeah. of, like, ad, like how d- ad Oh, go world. ahead, Jen. Sorry. And so, anyway, so just because they were – I think it was harder for us. Like, it was easier for us to work super late hours in the ad lab because we were literally creating – and making whatever we wanted. Like we literally made a, a commercial about LaCroix mm-hmm. and, and like when we were working in the real world, it was like, okay, time to write a ton of radio spots about avocados. <laughs> and like, well, yeah, that's my yeah. question is like, how do you, how did Faith maintain that vigor and energy when she was like doing art direction for like all state insurance or something <laughs> wow. adjacent? Yeah. Yeah. Like I do think it, I got a little shook in the real world, as mm-hmm. we all do in your first job. Um, I think it's just like, I oh, my advice to everyone in school is just live it up because it definitely <laughs> is. And I give this advice to like, I sometimes talk to like juniors in the program, but um, you can do whatever you want. And so you should have fun while you're in mm-hmm. school. But like, yeah. definitely there's like a reality check coming out of school and knowing that like there is a client and they don't want you to write a hundred scripts about kissing cousins. Right. Which they we want went something in there. else. Like we went in with the quirk vibe, which we thought like was our currency. And then we quickly yes. found out that like people were like, yeah, actually the, no one's going to buy a script where you like accidentally make out with your cousin, like at a Christmas party. And that's like the punchline. Um, but thanks girls. And me, yeah. Like in our, in our like defense. Defense. Yeah, it, it wasn't for all was, insurance. There was a strategy behind it. You there know, it would have been strategy. amazing. It, it um, Wait, that's so <laughs> funny. Okay, so at what point did you realize your work ethic? It's still going strong, but Chandler's work ethic. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, faith Here's is gonna be nice. No, I, I'm like when you say like soft work ethic or like work soft. I don't necessarily relate to that, but I'm not this hoe of like, I'm. 
I'm the person that doesn't work soft, but just straight up doesn't work for hours in the day and then works insane. <laughs> like from like right. 2 a.m. to like 5 a.m. And that is a chance <laughs> problem. And trying, like, she's trying to help me through that. So like no literally. change stop working. Cause like, gotcha. I think that's such a, I do feel that, but like, then I just work like a crazy person. Well, and like, I feel like you're like, we had to really have a lot of like conversations. I mean, our first year, like we just, it was like your first year of marriage. You know, you just really have yes. to work through some things. And we like, I, I think about that time and it's like idyllic and I'll never forget it because it was just like, I, I can't believe that we were lucky enough to share that like time together. But yeah. we had to have so many conversations about, like, our process and, like, mm-hmm. hey, just so you know, like, I only feel, like, mentally sane if I can get, like, at least six hours of sleep, preferably mm-hmm. eight. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if that means, like, I need to wake up and write, like, like yeah. three hours before you can, like, start working, like, that's what we have to do. And, like, I don't know. It's just, like, a, a growing experience for both of us. And, like, yeah. it, what's hard, like, and this is, like, what I'll say to people who are in partnerships or in, in advertising, like, I write and Faith <clears throat> designs and art directs and, like, a lot of her job, not a lot of it, but, like, at times a lot of our job would be, like, I would have to be, like, writing scripts and she would be designing mm-hmm. things. And, like, I mean, you can speak to this better, but, like, for writing, I can't listen to a podcast. I can't really yeah. listen to music. Like, I have to be like, I can listen to The National, I guess. <laughs> you have to be fully engaged. Yes. Right, right. And, like, mentally. Faith yeah. also has to, like, concept and, like, has – it's not that like your job is, like, mentally less hard. No, But yeah. it's like, – you can do stuff at the same time. Well, yeah. Usually when it gets late into the nights, we're not concepting new ideas. We are, like, making the stuff that we have right. the ideas for. And we kind of, like, talked about it this weekend. Like, design – is something learned so like once you learn it and like in a different way than writing so once you learn like all the tricks on Mm -hmm. photoshop or illustrator whatever you're using you can kind of do them like you can do them mindlessly where like writing writing's just like not like that you have to yeah obviously like it's different every time yeah I mean, I think like, I think there's actually something so, and I remember this when I was in photography and was Photoshopping photos. I mean, if I had to Photoshop a batch of 300 photos, like mm-hmm. I could put on a podcast and I could really mentally zone out. Yes. And there was something really nice about being in that flow of like working on something visual. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of go into like almost a fugue state yes. working on visual stuff when you're not in the concepting phase. But like I was like doing what Chan does, mm-hmm. you literally have to be like 100% mentally actively engaged in what you're writing. Yeah. And Chan, that's just a terrible feeling. So I'm oh, really right. sorry for you. you so <laughs> Honestly, though, it was it's awful because it just takes so much mental energy to like write bad radio scripts. It's really like jarring. <laughs> you don't even know how much mental energy it would take to write good ones. Right. I, I really <laughs> <laughs> sorry to tie sorry <laughs> oh my gosh all of our poor all of our poor creative directors who just like were there when we were like really learning the ropes like now yeah we, even like towards the end of our like career there like we had a better idea of it but like at the beginning I mean I'm trying to think like I think well, there was I, I just remember working on 23 and me and that was like our first pitch like which was crazy like we went on a pitch right when we started very working. cool thing yeah, yeah. P- like let's ex- let's explain pitching real quick. Pitching is like when you're trying to win new business for the agency. Mm-hmm. And Faith and I would interview at at job places, uh, like around LA and around town. And Faith would always say, "We love pitching." Yes, I didn't really, really understand what this meant. 
Like I was like, sure, I like pitching my own ideas. I didn't realize this meant, oh, we love being on the new business team, which is like <laughs> notorious for being the most overworked, like burnt out team because you're just oh like God. scrambling to like win a client. But it's also mm-hmm. like high risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we were put on this at the very, like literally a week into our job. They were like, yeah, like on this. A week or two weeks into our job. It was insane. Yeah. Well, Ty, Ty um, is our one of our favorite creative directors. And we just thought of some really insane stuff for that <laughs> brand. And every time he's like, okay, um, you guys are really going Why for are these it. people? <laughs> Literally. And like, I feel like one time we were in a meeting and like, we'd never talked to our CCO before, but Ty mm-hmm. was like, all right, here we go. Read the script. And like, oh, I looked at us and I looked at Faith and I was like, yes. you know, there's no way I'm reading this. Literally. I was, I've never been more mad in my life. I'm like, okay, we're going to share the load. Like we got this. Nope. Chan's eyes, the fear in her eyes was like, do not make me read. Like, Absolutely not. I will not be reading this script that we wrote. I will not be reading my work no. out loud. I will no. have faith to it, even though that's when not her Chan job. Chan has definitely the voice for radio, and I'm like, okay, let me just do this. No, it was it was absolutely great, and like, I mean, we would just uh, some of those early scripts were just so bad, but oh, and, so but also great. Yeah, but also great. <laughs> Yes. You, as you both know, we have a lot of college students who listen to the pod, who love pubologists. <laughs> so, actually, I assume that we do, <laughs> but who knows? Anyway, but it's important to inspire those people. Um, and so, I'd love to know, like, what are your some of your worst memories of your first year working out in the real world? Uh, <sighs> uh, um, I just, there was yeah, one. Go. I remember. Um, working until like like the first few times we worked really late I kind of was like this is crazy this is amazing mm-hmm. we're killing the we're game we're so useful totally <laughs> like people love us and then like I realized that I was slowly like putting on a lot of weight <laughs> because we were just literally no. getting like Mendocino Farms like takeout and then at I think 10 p.m. at 10 p.m. and like I think like there was just there was a hard moment where I was like, okay, so this is actually what my life is like going to look like. And we were like, I mean, and driving home from work, there's something about driving home from work at 2.30 a.m. Uh-huh. that just makes you kind of like maybe want to like run your car off the road. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, my god. When you know you have to go back at, at 8. Uh-huh. I think like speaking of like toxic positivity, like mentioned a little earlier, like, um, Chan and I definitely had that trait and maybe still do where like mm-hmm. we came out of school. We're just these fresh chickens. We've been, we've been constructed to say like, we're so down for anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was our greatest flaw within our first job mm-hmm. because well, folks, you cannot be down for anything. Right. Right. And honestly, like BYU, like in the way our, prof- our, our uh, advertising program was like structured and the way they talked about it. Like they were like, this is your portfolio school. You need to treat the first two years of your career like grad school. Mm -hmm. And like, you got to say yes to everything. You just got to be down. And like, it's funny when you read on like Glassdoor or like Mm -hmm. some other like anonymous job posting websites, people always talk about BYU kids as like extremely like willing, really positive. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, uh, little did they know that we're all like crumbling inside. And it's not even the fault of our agency. No. Really, because like, I think we just both we got a job out of school we didn't get an internship and that felt Mm -hmm. extremely lucky like to us Mm -hmm. and so we were kind of like I at least always was of the perspective of like wow you're thank you so much for taking me on I will do any labor 
Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that's like how you feel whenever you get your first job. It, like any person who gets like their first corporate job where like they have a salary, mm-hmm. they can suddenly like pay a decent rent. Right. Like they can have some semblance of a life that's not like bro college student. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you're like, thank you, my lord, for this position. <laughs> I will do whatever it is that you require. Yeah. But they don't, you don't realize that like the most valued people in corporations a lot of times are people that like they leave right at a certain time because they have to go pick up their kids Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. they make quadruple 10x what you do and they draw a lot of boundaries. But it's just something you don't mature into understanding that. So yeah, at first you're just completely like in the gutter groveling and it's horrible. (laughs) Totally. Well, I think that's just like totally the thing for anyone's first job out of school. You really just don't know the, like, boundaries you should set. And Mm -hmm. you're so eager that you just go all in. And I think Chandler and I specifically went all in to an extreme amount. (laughs) That, like, we would have performance reviews. And in the performance reviews, they would be like, start saying no. Right, right. You guys need to exercise the power to say no. Like, set some boundaries. Yeah. Exer- yeah, totally. Because <laughs> then when you like start crying in the middle uh-huh. of a meeting because you've been working uh-huh. multiple days till yeah. 2 a.m., yeah. then they're like, this person is really up for everything, but they have uh-huh. serious mood issues and disorders. There was a small room that was like a telephone oh, no. room that like it literally was room for enough for one person, but Faith mm-hmm. and I would regularly like cram in there to like mm-hmm. most of the time cry and like <laughs> we would have to like, put our like our backs to the door. whoever was crying had their back to the door mm -hmm. oh my god I'm very proud of crying at work though and I support anyone and it's a lot easier now because you can just cry at home exactly it's so much easier Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there was also one time where like someone was trying to get into a meeting room like someone had a meeting booked in this room but one of us was like in the middle of like bawling (laughs) and then they like opened up the door and I was like ah like, so one of us was like, not a good time. We're like, we're Find fine. another room. We're fine. <laughs> so, so funny. Someone asked in the Q&A, they said, in college, what allowed you to see the light at the end of the tunnel asking for a friend? So really, um, if you ask this question, the answer is there is no light at the end of the tunnel. It's just an, another tunnel you get into. Well, the light is I possibly a much darker I one. I, well, I will say like in the ad lab, you do go very hard or like whatever thing you're in, you always put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. And so I'm sure there's like people that are like, get me out of here, get me into a real job. But like the benefit of like at least a real job, like going from the ad lab and like working pretty, like really hard and doing fun things, like, yeah, maybe it's not as fun in the real world, but like you're getting paid. Totally. (laughs) I I always would like, I think that's what I would go back to whenever I would have a breakdown about how much I was like, how miserable I felt at times. Um, and I would, like, remind myself, okay, you can pay all of your bills. Okay. You can pay, like, for your life. You get to, like, sometimes buy yourself fun things. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a new mm-hmm. feeling. Like, compared to literally when you're in the ad lab, you basically pay for you – know, you do. You pay for all your projects on your own. Like, yeah, yeah it's all I, self-funded. I like the funniest thing in um, the ad lab going into the real life or, like, college into real life is they always were like, okay, everyone, we need you to do a personal project oh for your gosh. portfolio. You need to do this personal project because it shows ad people that like you are fun and you're still a human and you're not just obsessed with advertising. Little did we know, like 
uh, personal projects are what is going to keep you alive yeah. when you're in the real world. <laughs> yeah. But like when we were in the pro, like in the ad lab, like I, I always had pop apologists listed, but it was for the record, like down, like no one could access it. I just prayed that nobody actually wanted to find it. Um, but <laughs> I, um, but like, I, I remember people always being like, okay, so do I like, do I start like, I don't know, some sort of like memory book or yeah. like, what's my personal project? No, what fully. Like, I feel like there's such creative people coming out um, of ad- like into advertising and it is hard like to get a super creative like agency off the bat. So I think really personal projects are such a huge thing. I feel like, okay, so here's the weird thing with advertising that I think is an added stressor mm-hmm. to um, to working in it, which is that like there are a lot of people who work in it who are like you, Faith, who are like mm-hmm. they have a, they like have like an obsession mm-hmm. with the genre that they're working in. Like maybe they're not obsessed with creating art direction for like Shamayan Airlines, mm-hmm. but like <laughs> they are definitely obsessed with like art and, you know, doing mm-hmm. that and like but I think there's also people who just, like, want to have, like, a fun, cute career and, like, don't want to, yeah. like – like, want to do something that's, like, kind of more, like, creative. Yeah. But it's not, like, their passion. It's not, like, what they're obsessed yeah. with. Yeah. But but then they get forced into this culture where, like, not only do they have to have the job, but then they also have to be, like, doing something adjacent to the job mm. part-time. Right. Yeah. And, like – personally very obsessed with the industry and I just think you're you're basically like forced into being a con like a con woman or con man and I think a lot of people probably like basically don't actually care and they like their passion to be like you know like rowing or something or it's or just a hobby so it's just Mm -hmm. funny because like we in school and this is the only way you get through school like I don't I don't discredit the program for doing this but it's like a cult it's like all you think about is advertising. All you care about are these award shows. Your celebrities are like David Ogilvy. Like no one knows who the F he is like in the real world. And like you just – you have to sort of adapt ad- adopt this cultish mentality of like I eat, sleep, and breathe advertising. And like when I'm not doing advertising, I'm doing right. something else creative because I yeah. am creative. Because it's all about your personal brand. Yeah. And that's exhausting. Like – and, and when I worked, you know, in a corporation – no one was like no one would utter the sentence like as like we're obsessed with socks like it's all we think about like we're just obsessed with fashion or like you know it's just like you you had a job you were effective at it and you hoped that like you worked with cool people and it was like somewhat of a good time right. which my which my job totally was it was like very fun and glamorous in a lot of cool ways although it was hellish in certain ways yeah. i won't get into <laughs> anyway i guess my point is like is like advertising just puts that stressor of like being you have to like also I guess be like always propping up your personal brand and it just like puts on I don't know it just seems like so exhausting I guess though like too it's like who the f decided like our job title would was going to be creative you know what I mean like I I saw like one of the questions was like do you feel like fancy or like above everyone that you could say you're in the creative track? Cause like you, that's what you do in the ad lab. Like you have to apply again once you mm-hmm. get into the ad lab to be in the creative track. But I do think like the whole system is set up in an interesting way where for some reason, like you get this clout of creativity. Like it's pretty wild to have like that be the job title. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, I think there's like some weird added pressure of like, 
oh, like I need to not only be surfing on the weekends, I need to like have a a zine about my surfing trips. (laughs) Oh my gosh. A zine. Honestly, shoot me in the face. Uh, It's true. You know, there's times I was like, well, I guess I could make a zine. (laughs) Me never made a zine. Can't design at all. Uh, For real. We had another question that was like, I can't find my passion. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to find my passion. I'm in college. I need to figure out my passion. And like, yeah. I think I wasted my early 20s mm-hmm. because I – not wasted, but I felt like I I kind of squandered a lot of time because I thought that I had to perfectly align my professional pursuits right. with my like bodily, like innate in the marrow of my bones – passions like mm-hmm. whatever I did it needed to also like run through my the, my veins <laughs> mm-hmm. and that is just so incredibly unrealistic and like if I have any advice to, to anyone mm-hmm. and I know this is like you, the question for you guys but leave it to me to take over um <laughs> I'll be brief but my I guess I just feel like you know what you don't need to have a passion that is what you do that is what you do professionally like pick something that the market has deemed valuable mm-hmm. and you will find you will become passionate about being someone who's needed in the job market mm-hmm. who solves a problem and you will become passionate about the amount of money you make because you're like deeply useful and whatever skill set you have is like very much in demand and you have full like power over your life and anyway like most people who make a lot of money they're not doing what they were passionate about like they that's what they'll probably preach but that's not the reality and so I think people need to take that pressure off themselves and like if you can find a job where you have a great job and and it's super stable and you have a useful skill and you're on a great salary trajectory. You can maybe start your own business someday, whatever. Like that's enough. Yeah. You know? I, think, I think you can derive passion like from a bunch of different things. Like I, I don't feel like I'm like this person who's like needs to write by candlelight like every night in order to like <laughs> exist. Um, but like I feel like I'm, I'm a good writer and I also get a lot of passion from like uh, making things and like actually seeing things that I've like concepted come to life. Um, Mm -hmm. and so like, I think you can find ways that like different industries are like, or just like ways that your passion can exist or like you can be fed by your career. But like, actually what's crazy is that, uh, faith, like going to film school, like this is like true. Like there are people like me and you, Lauren, I think who don't need to be super passionate about like ads or like (laughs) whatever, but like faith is now in film school and this is literally what she was born to do and so like I don't know if you can find if if you do feel like there's an arena that you feel really called to like because I do think that faith has always felt called to this like vocation but advertising was like made more sense like at the time and it was just kind of like what Mm -hmm. she was doing and she was also really good at it so it's like well do I leave something I'm good at to try something else but like if you do feel called to something you can do it and like which is what faith is doing now but if you don't feel called to something, <laughs> yeah. you don't need to manufacture well, that. Definitely not. You know? Yeah, I agree. And here's what I'll say about like maybe I am like seen as following my passion. I think what really is important in life and what is a total lie as you're like going from college to to um, your first job is like you think like, okay, like this is my new life. Like I need to really like love my life. And by loving my life, I need to love my job. And I feel like that's just like, you can't, you can get really like a lot of, um, 
self-satisfaction in like doing a good job but you don't have to like have this passion be fulfilled necessarily I think what I learned in advertising is like you can be passionate about things you can follow your passions but at the same time like you need to have a a well-rounded life like you need to like maybe like your work career but like honestly if your work is your life like you lose out on so many things like you lose out on like great relationships etc you know what I mean or even just like finding something that you like to do outside of work because like you can't really be like maybe you love like running don't relate to you but like maybe you love running and like that can't really be your job you know what I mean Like, so I don't know. I feel like it's more about like trying, like you can be passionate like about anything if you like really set your mind to it. But at the same time, I think it's kind of lame to be like really passionate only about your job. Yeah. I think you should be passionate about like your life, you know? Yeah. You can be passionate about taking five-star vacations yes. and maybe like <laughs> you find a great career that allows you to do that yes. five and, or seven times a year. Yeah. And it's like moving along. Like you, let's mm. just take this burden all off of us that we need totally. to become like paid rich sculptors <laughs> to be the also, it makes you bad at your. I feel like if you're if you're if your passion and your like happiness is so tied up in your job, it makes mm-hmm. you like sometimes a bad employee because if you're, you know, projects are gonna fall through, clients are not gonna like your work, or you're gonna like be on a really boring assignment. Like it mm-hmm. makes you like a bad employee during those times because you just can't like tap into any sort of motivation if it's the only thing you're passionate mm-hmm. about. But if you mm-hmm. have a more like hands off like slightly more like slightly more apathetic approach it's like it's a good thing yeah I think if you're like 100% in on like your job and I think definitely maybe I'm getting to that point but at the same time I have to like take myself back and be like okay no like this will make it miserable and like I like doing these other things so it's always a balance Okay, it's gonna I be a famous two... director, by the way. Everyone, no, one no, day. no, no. Sorry, production designer. Production designer, me. but I also, but I kind of have a feeling you might also direct. <laughs> Faith, with our Patreon, we might actually be able to afford you to create a director next photo show. I would love to. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, I have two questions for you guys. One is from the people. Once someone asks, "I'm applying to the advertising program this fall. What should I do for my video?" Ooh. Here's the thing. Chan Chan is the one with the video that like was brought up constantly at our job and it was a crowd pleaser. So Chan. <laughs> um wait, at your job? Yes. Like not a like not even just at the Not ad. even just hers really radio. just went through all time and space to come to even our job. Someone once said that that was still the best thing I've done in advertising. <laughs> <laughs> like joke that, and I was like, "You're not wrong." Oh my god! Um, just kidding. I don't believe that. But no. um, yeah, at that my video, whatever. I swallowed a goldfish. Lauren filmed the whole thing. Lauren, can you can you vouch for the fact that I actually swallowed the goldfish? Yes, she did a hundred percent swallow the goldfish. <laughs> I so okay. So I filmed it, and what happened? So like our whole idea for the video was that it would be like very minimal. Like she would just be in a white room. She would just like walk up to this table, sit down, look at the camera plainly and directly, and then pick up the goldfish in the jar and drink it, and like eat eat it basically, like swallow yeah. it whole, yeah. live, flapping in her throat, yeah, and. 
And that was the that was the plan. So, oh my gosh, you guys. So this was like excruciating for Chandler. Chandler, wait, let's talk about like how you even mentally came to terms that you would do this. I just I I think I was like Courtney had first of all said I had asked Courtney what I should do for my video and she said I don't know I always thought about like swallowing a goldfish for like student council or something and I was like that's crazy but then I was like I'm never gonna do that I was like I'm definitely gonna do something where I'm going around Provo and saying funny things um and then I just like realized that that actually wasn't a cool idea like at all and so montage of you running skiing like writing you'd be surprised Um, how many of those videos there are (laughs) if you ever want to just go on a YouTube hole just type in random names and then BYU advertising program <laughs> truly any, any type of a video but anyways so I I realized that swallowing a goldfish was like had the most like splash to it uh sorry sorry for that pun <laughs> <laughs> and and then I enlisted Lauren of course because uh she is my blood and I was like you have to do this for me you you own a camera um and I was like I was overseeing this property as like an odd job for Lauren's for former boss and my uh former boss as well uh and so it had like beautiful like white walls and it was like really pretty so anyways I was like Lauren we're gonna go to this house we're gonna film this thing and Lauren was like like you know made sure that it it looked good like with a a minimal background and yeah Lauren you were the first art director I will say Wow. My gosh. Um, thank you. So yeah, no credit on that video to this day. But anyway, um, so we get there and like Chandler, I guess, I guess Chandler, you just accepted that you'd be able to do it. Like right. you were just like, all right, this has been done. You Googled it. You're like, it's safe. Yeah. It was I'm fun. just going to bite the bullet. I really was like in a, like a state of like, I have to get this video done. Like I just, this is like just the next step in the process. Let's just move through it. So like, so, so this was the problem though. So we actually go to film it and Chandler, um, like she, she picks up the glass, she goes to drink it, the water goes down her throat, the fish goes down her throat, but then her face, suddenly she starts basically wheezing and getting all red because this is like the most like disgusting thing. And she probably did feel it like traumatized in her throat. No, I didn't feel anything. I was just like, oh my gosh, I just did it. And then I like started to cry. And that was not the that was not my vision for her video. Like my vision was that she would very coldly and quietly and just like silently swallow this goldfish and then look back at the camera. Like that was the vision. Yes. So I had to I had to like show it go, like basically in in the editing, we had to like really slow it down the part where the goldfish went in her throat because I only had basically like a point one second right. of that. And then after that, immediately she like begins writhing in agony and so we had to like really like I think we like cut and probably pasted that a few times to make that slow down but yeah she did swallow the goldfish and it's a great video and we'll post it as the teaser for this episode yes yes all I'm saying is that cut has led to a lot of disbelief oh yeah like people everywhere like have asked me and I and you do see the fish leave the the mason jar so like Theoretically, I guess people could think that I just held it in my mouth and then sp- spat it out. But, like, isn't that worse somehow? <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Oh, really? So people, like, notice that cut. Yes. And they, people uh, notice the cut and they say, like, did you really do it? do it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Here, but here is what I'm going to say for people making a video. A mm-hmm. key thing that, like, I would say to anyone is, like, don't say you're creative and say, like, all these things I'm good at and walk around Provo, but like show you're creative. And I feel like this like very stoic goldfish murder 
was just, like <laughs> fun and like show chan had like a fun like funny like idea you know so something like that <laughs> exactly i mean that's the classic rule in 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 writing from you know i don't remember this faith but i used to be a poet and, yes i do um, remember <laughs> show don't tell you don't actually like say what's going on you show what's going on through imagery yeah like, through you know through actually being creative no totally right. and then you people are like oh cool idea like right. they're in so whoever's listening you just got into the ad program <laughs> love it i think too last little tip focus like you can focus on something niche and just kind of go all in on something i think people try and show like a, a wide range of what they're interested in and like that's really boring like focus yeah. on one cool thing or one thing that's like really weird or uh, uh, quirky about you. And yeah. Yeah. Well, also, I just feel like, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I also would say like, don't, I feel like a lot of them fall in the really bad place of trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you're not like camera, like it's way better to do something cool than it is to be like super funny. Right. Like that's always a thing. Like you have to remember yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, just so just do something like cool and interesting because funny does not read like more than half the time well, with those videos. The people reviewing your videos are like, no offense, love our old professors, but like it's like five white them. dudes. There's, love them all. But I great. will shout out to Pat, the we true love, hero. We love we, Pat. Lo we love Pat, but and we love Jeff. We but love um Jeff. yeah, it's it's just like I don't know. I mean, it's just hard. You're you're giving it to like a cold group of like a cold audience that consists yes. of like five like older white guys. So I'll also say I truly love Chris Kutri. Shout out. That's all. Shout out. Chris Kutri is definitely listening to our podcast. Chris Kutri is so cool. So he is. <laughs> he is. He's the best. Okay. Um love the inside jokes, guys. Our audience loves it. So sorry. So sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Um, okay, Faith, question. Yeah. Is film school worth it? That's what someone wants mm -hmm. to know. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think uh, definitely during a pandemic, this takes a different turn. Um, <laughs> it's like, what else are you going to do? Uh, yeah. What else am I going to do? But at the same time, like, uh, why are you paying for your school online? Oh, uh, oh my gosh. That's brutal. <laughs> yes. But okay, so my first semester of film school was truly like such a dream. I worked every weekend, but like I learned so much. And I go to American Film Institute, uh, just to plug. Uh, but um, it's really not a sponsor. Not they a sponsor. sponsor the pod if they want to, they, yeah, we'll get in touch. Um, no discount code. <laughs> uh, what I loved about the program is it's very hands-on. So, like every weekend, I'm working on a short film that um, one of my fellow—they're called fellows. Um, one of my so fellow cool. fellows uh, is working on, and then I also am working on my own short film during the semester. So, like, that's what I truly love about it. And I think that hands-on experience is, like, 1,000% worth it. Like, mm -hmm. I've really, like, enjoyed my time. And I feel like I've learned, like, so much. And the professors at my particular school are, like, really fantastic. I do think um, Zoom is the worst. Like, now LA has shut down a little bit more so it's all online and like this semester starting off has been a little bit tricky because we haven't been shooting anything so I would say yeah like anything is worth it if you like are interested and like it you know like I think you totally if you can follow that passion like you can always make your money back um mm -hmm. but like if it's just like an off-the-cuff idea I don't think I'd go I guess but I also 
I feel like in the film industry, you know, like networking is kind of everything too. Yes. And you need that. You don't need just raw talent. Like you need to network and know people. And there has to be a lot of that happening too, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, We have – it's really cool because really big names come through because uh, a lot of people have gone to AFI. But it's cool because we can connect to like really cool like people in the industry that we're talking to, as well as a lot of people that I go to school with actually are connected to a lot of people. Like, not to flex, (laughs) but (laughs) this is so. Do you have any celebrity gossip? Well, this is so stupid because I flex about this, and I'll be so embarrassed if like (laughs) this ever gets listened to by anyone I go to school with. But it's like, it's just cool because, um, like, people do have random connections. Like, Bill Murray's, like, nephew goes to my school and, like, is in groups with me. And that's, like, stupid. But, like, it's just those small things that, like, make you feel that much closer to, like, what's going on, you know? For sure. Yeah. Do you – so have you ever, like, heard Bill Murray's nephew talking about, like, any celebrities and what they're really like in real life? Here's the thing. I'm going to have to – like, I tried. I was recently hanging out with him, and I really pried. I was like, yeah, once I met Wes Anderson and blah, blah, blah. And, like, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I literally – it was like that. I, like, was almost embarrassed. Um, but, uh, yeah, he didn't quite get to it. So I, I'm definitely going to work on getting more tea and I'll funnel it straight to you guys. Thank you so much. Okay, please. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Totally, um, off topic, but someone wants to know if, if Faith, if you were kicked out of EFY. Okay. I am so glad I can be back here to clear my name because on the pod, Chandler did tell my deepest, darkest story and secret slash something I brag about (laughs) um yes I was kicked out of EFY oh my gosh (laughs) so you're not really clearing your name you're like fully I want to clear my name of like Chandler uh said that I tried to make her steal something (laughs) and I also wanted to clear my name saying like oh my gosh yeah what was that (laughs) okay we are in Switzerland I'm very bored. When I get bored, there's a side of me that like really is just really kind of wild and more wild than Chandler for sure because I'm just like begging her. I'm begging her, steal this plastic display steak. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that is hilarious and bizarre. It was so stupid, but it was so stupid. And I I was actually, it was a test more for me because I'm like, Chandler like she's edgier than me is she really and that's when it said no she I'm respects really authority she respects the law and she will I not do. steal the stake I'm not trying to go to a Swiss prison okay yeah so okay but I did get kicked out of EFY it uh I did go to EFY in St. George and so my mom was particularly pissed when she had to come drive uh and pick me up <laughs> How did one even go about getting kicked out of EFY? Honestly, like, it's so wild to me because, like, Chandler loved EFY and went, like, 100 times. <laughs> and the fact that I went once and got kicked out was, like, a question for me. Like, should we be friends? 
Um, but like one gets kicked out of EFY by like having the worst attitude, not ever getting asked to dance at the dances except for the counselors, um, continuing oh to God. try to rally a group of young folks to go to uh, Del Taco at 3 a.m. <laughs> Okay, um, there it is. Continuing to have the counselors chase after us on the border of the St. George College <laughs> um, and us continuing to run. <laughs> so. Okay, so it was like it was like basically you trying to escape. Yes. A prisoner. Yes. And they were like, let's just let this girl leave. Yes. Let's call her mom. At this point, they saw me as a bad egg and they saw me as a bad influence. And I take it 100%. <laughs> True story. Our parents forced us to go to EFY every year, and I mean, Chandler's Chandler's whatever. Or Chandler went like loved it. Loved. I did not want to go to BYU or to EFY, EFY um, ever. Mm-hmm. And so I was with you. I had Thank the you. worst attitude. I acted completely above everyone who I was, you know, had was forced to be in like some corny group with. Yes. Like I just I, I hated every single minute. Thank you, but. I'm such a rule follower that I never got kicked out. I just basically got like no new friends from the experience. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that like I can relate to someone in the Bledsoe family now. You guys, like, that's really this is making me seem less cool because I like it so much. <laughs> this is what's like honestly my favorite part about Chan is Chan is so cool, but it's just like shocking how like sh- how much she loves EFY and how much she will never like do anything that is against authority so chance just so deeply social that to her like a full week of hanging out with gals like doing like sitting in a circle on the grass and like playing games and like <laughs> going to dances and stuff eating together all the time like that's hog heaven like she would do so well in like a prison with a lot of activities <laughs> yeah they're like okay next wow. we're going to do this and she's like i'm in we're doing ice totally. breaker games i'm like i can't wait <laughs> Yeah, like, what is the best thing you've done this summer? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. So good. Uh, Laura, okay, any other questions? Any other questions? Okay, someone asked, why did, why did you go to BYU? Hold on. Why did you go to BYU? I did, too, and honestly, now I'm a little embarrassed. Mm-hmm. How do we feel? Faith, can you respond to this? I'm going to say, don't be embarrassed. Like, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's a great school. Obviously, I think people grow and like think of different things and have different opinions after going to BYU. But I think I never wanted to go to BYU. I wanted to go to uh, UW, but uh, my parents actually were mission presidents. So I'm pretty sure that's the only reason why I got into BYU. But once I got in, I didn't want to go. I ended up going. Freshman year was the worst. And then after I found the ad program and I loved it. So I think it's really about finding your people at BYU. And yeah. I think if you don't do that, it's definitely hard. Mm-hmm. But I really felt like I love my program and it was small. So I felt like a community there. But I do. I think it's hard sometimes to find community at BYU. My older sister, Mary-Kate, like hated it. Like to this day, she should have <laughs> never gone. Oh, really? Yes. Which is like such a different experience for me. So I do think like everyone's experience is different, but I um, really loved BYU and I'm not embarrassed. Proud. I, on the other hand, always wanted to go to BYU. It was literally the only college I ever (laughs) thought about. It's so lame. It's so funny. This is like my lamest episode to date. 
I thought it was going to be one of my coolest ones, but now it's my lame It's okay. I literally had tunnel vision for BYU, and I used to, like, get – if I got a bad grade on, like, a math test in, like, middle school, I would cry because I would say BYU is never going to let me in. Um, So, really, BYU was the pinnacle of, like, my success. Um, But I will say that I got to BYU, and I struggled hardcore. Like, my – oh, funny thing. Struggled my fr- I struggled my freshman year at BYU, but a funny thing is that Faith and I actually lived in the same dorm freshman year, but we never saw each other. No. We never even – we were just, like, a floor away. Not um, even a glance. Not even a glance, truly. Uh, but I really struggled to find my tribe, if you will, and my people. And so, like, like Faith said, finding your people at BYU is critical, and if you don't, it can be, a, like, a wildly different experience and, like, very isolating. So Definitely. I feel lucky. Yeah. I mean, I think I had a similar story as Faith's. I never wanted to go. Um, and I Wait, Lauren, go. I think we are destined to be best friends. <laughs> I agree. Like, let's nice. – like, I don't know why you're hanging out Chandler. Yeah, same. <laughs> if you can bring down the number of exclamation points you use I'll when really texting. I'll really try. I'll really I think try. We could, I think this could be a match made in heaven. Um, no, I, I feel like I – I didn't want to go and I didn't go. I went to my local community college first because I was like so adamant that I would not go to BYU. And then I ended up going, transferring, transferring two years later. And I just like faith found my people. The first semester was rough, but I found my people and it was one of the best experiences. So feeling embarrassed, I would never feel embarrassed that I went to BYU. I would think if someone doesn't, if someone thinks BYU is embarrassing, that's because they don't understand like what, like they don't understand it because BYU is actually my experience it was like so – the education is so phenomenal and – It's the Harvard it of the West. The Harvard of the West. That's not accurate. The Harvard <laughs> but, um, of the West, everyone. It's still a great school. Like, no, that's actually Stanford. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, Stanford okay. – It would be the Stanford of the West and right, that's our right. thing. <laughs> uh, you guys, I have to run, but do you two want to just finish out the app? Yeah, we can finish it out. Yeah. Okay. Love you guys. Love, Love you. you. Bye. Um, okay. So now we- that I'm best friends with Lauren, I, know. I really came across. I, we're also still recording, and everyone's still going to hear this, but I feel very lame. No, <laughs> compared to the two of you, here's you the thing: are- you're not lame. I think like you're so cool that these like facts are are surprising, and they were surprising to me. But at the same time, thank you. Like it is cool to follow the rules. It's like honestly, <laughs> I'm being serious. It's dumb. It's dumb to like steal random stakes. It is. I mean- Sometimes I wish I'd like follow like followed a few less rules, but mm-hmm. it's fine. This is who I am. I am a people pleaser to the day till the day I die. But <laughs> I feel like I I feel like you and I need to talk about some of the like high like the brightest moments yes. of like our of our years working together. Yeah. Because while we did have moments where we would sit in our car at lunch mm-hmm. and just like mm-hmm. try to like you know like be quiet and like get through this get through the moment we did yes. also have some very fun times like oh, yes for example um do you want to tell the story of when we decided to watch tv during lunch okay yes this is one of our favorite moments um we would always uh have a lunch break and we live we lived that makes sense because we oh did oh my gosh yeah we have to talk about where we first moved yes well what we worked was in like kind of uh by a lot of different strip malls would you say anyways yeah like a lot of creepy there's like just like a lot of like trader joe's was nearby is what i'll say yeah yeah and so we did go to trader joe's one lunch with our dear dear co-worker sandra a dream designer yeah we and um we like it was in our first year we were like kind of testing what 
what we could do, like right, what, what are the away rules with. of this crazy yeah. game of corporate America. Mm-hmm. What but, rules um, I would still follow. Yes, what rules you would follow and I would try to run away from and did. Um, but we went to Trader Joe's and then we're like, okay, we have like an hour technically, like we don't have a meeting. Let's watch an episode of The Office in our car. <laughs> So, so we set up the, the little, uh, we just like put Netflix on portrait mode or horizontal mode. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then um, we proceeded to watch the whole episode. Uh, driving back, we were like, oh my gosh, this was amazing. Like we can do, we can watch TV like during the day, during work. We were reborn in that moment, yeah. knowing that we could watch TV at any point. Like if we just wanted to go sit in our car and watch TV. Yes. Uh, little did we know we had about uh, five emails from our uh, PM saying, you're missing a meeting. <laughs> Where are you guys? I will say to our credit, I think that is the only meeting we've ever missed. That is seriously the only meeting, truly, we yes. ever missed. We always were at every single meeting. Mm-hmm. But, like, we felt so bad. It was with our cute uh, creative director, Mike, and I. he's so nice and, like, totally let us off the hook. But I, right. we were like, oh, no, Mike. <laughs> we're, we're so sorry. I think in that moment we were like, wow, we really cannot give ourselves a break at all. Ever. I think so. We were like, wh- who the freak did we think we were watching TV while Mike was just waiting? <laughs> Seriously. He was like, we like passed him on the stairs. And we're like, we're so sorry. He's just and then so he, nice. He's like, it's all good, guys. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. Um, so shout out to Mike, but also shout out, big shout out to Sandra. Yeah. Yeah. Big shout out to Sandra, Kelly, Emily. Mm-hmm. We like truly like Natasha our saving graces yes and Erica I love her like Erica okay so I want to pose this question to you because people might be wondering um you know as as new ad labbers start to you know get hired with their partners and move across the country together Mm -hmm. um do you think it's a good idea to live in the same apartment complex as your (laughs) partner because you know you can't Uh, live together because that would be too much Yes, but I think could you live in the same apartment complex? Here's the thing: the true uh, answer is no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> so, for some backstory, really quick, Faith and I moved to LA together as yes. a team, and Faith found this apartment that, like, she knew someone who lived there before, and we stayed there, and we really liked this like mm-hmm. area, and it was nice and right by the whatever. Whole and so I was. Right by the Whole Foods. And I was like, I looked at a few apartments, but like all of them did not feel like right. And so I was like, I actually looked at an apartment in the same place. (laughs) So we lived like we worked next to each other. And then we lived like about like a block from each other, like just in a different different buildings. Yeah. Um, A very close walk. Very close walk. But this Um, also meant that like there was the opportunity. We worked like 25 minutes away. Um. And yeah. so, there, of course, to be uh, eco-friendly, we thought, of oh, course. we should carpool to work. <laughs> and of I course, think, it makes sense. Yes, totally makes sense. And I think uh, carpooling went really swimmingly for um, a short amount of time <laughs> until it was realized that we really, like, need at least a small amount of time alone. <laughs> <laughs> like we would pick it we would pick each other up at 8 30 or whatever and then we would drive we would drive home together at you know whenever sometimes really late and then we would just have basically our sleeping hours 
uh, in solitude. Yeah, because then, of course, like, then it's like, oh, do you want to go this place for lunch? And we always would have to agree to, like, go to a certain place for lunch. Mm -hmm. Same, Mm -hmm. same, same, all day long. And honestly, the best thing was, like, I actually remember, like, I think both of us talked to our sisters and we're like, oh, like, I like I just don't know how to like talk about this. How awkward. And both of I our know. sisters were like, you gotta like have your own car at work. Right, so like, right. I think I brought it up, but Chandler was like right there with me when I was like, hey, no, maybe did you bring it up? I don't know. I just feel like we were, we were having I brought like a tougher it up, moment. But I was so surprised because you're like, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. <laughs> it's like, hey, like maybe we try to only carpool like every other Yeah, we were going to – I think we were going to try and do it like less like yes. a few, or a fewer a fewer times a week. Yes. And and then we were like – and then we just ended up not. <laughs> yeah, we're like, that. there's no way. Honestly, I think the fact that I'm such, like, not a morning person, too, had great effect on the carpool to work, you know? Right, right. It's, I mean, yeah, it was fun. It was fun for the first bit. And then I think we quickly were like, okay, we need to, like, have our own, like, literal mental warm-up for the day. Yes, it's so alone. true. Yeah. And and we've never been happier. And, like, a lot of times yeah. we get on the freeway at the same time as each other. <laughs> we, like, coming home, we could play songs to each other. Uh-huh. Like, maybe not the most eco-friendly, but I think, like, that is a good tip if you are a creative going out into the big ad world. I uh-huh. think, um, yeah, like, we went out and we we're best friends, so it's, like, definitely a different situation. So maybe if you hate your partner, you can carpool. <laughs> but <Right>. um, <laughs> I, I still think... You go. go ahead. You go. Oh, I was just gonna say, I still think about how Chris, shout out Chris, and his partner lived together in a studio. Uh-huh. Yes. Like they like all shared, like, I want to say they shared one big room, like one or maybe a one bedroom or something. He lived with his partner and he worked with his partner. And oh like God. that is I mean, I don't know if you and I are just like high maintenance mofos, but like No, no, no. I think like even like talking to people that are partners uh that have gone out after us from the ad lab, I think like all of our advice of not living together is good. Yeah. And, like yeah. it's just like a reality of like you spend so much time working with someone, like how can you come home and talk shiz on that person to the right. same person? You, <laughs> you know? can't. You fundamentally can't. You you yeah. have to have another sounding board. You need a sounding board. Um so I think that's our I think that honestly should be our greatest advice for people mm-hmm. venturing out. Even if like you're not in the ad lab but you're like moving to a city with a friend. And like, are maybe maybe you're working at the same spot? I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's just like not a reality for other things. But like, if you have like a friendship where it does feel like you are on top of each other, like seeing each other, mm-hmm. it's always good for boundaries. It's like right. we were married. Th- we were married. It really was like we were married, and like we also only had each other as friends. So like the weekends just became yes. like. I mean, so honestly, I, I think this podcast is advice to marriage. This is a marriage uh, podcast. podcast to help married couples. Like, don't carpool, you guys. You don't have to don't do carpool. that. Honestly, <laughs> just give yourself, give each other some space. Yes. That's, what, that's our advice. As that's someone, advice. as people who are happily married. Very happily. And are, and are still happily married, but just yes. uh, living in different cities. <laughs> I think like, yeah, Truly. we're like swingers now, I guess. Right. <laughs> also, it was just such a, it was just like so nice to be together like this weekend and I feel like I don't know it's just it's so fun I feel like you and I are just you know in in new spaces but still like you know just as close yes thick Um, as thieves thick as thieves but like not truly 
not truly as thick as like we used to be but that's okay and maybe but that's i was gonna say not thieves so not rude <laughs> i thought we were just as thick <laughs> close we are just as close we're just far but close yeah um yeah anyways it's great I I think I think we should wrap up and yes and just say that the first couple of years of your job mm-hmm. of you know whether it's it's in advertising or whether it's wherever it, they're going to be like you know they're going to be years of extreme growth and sometimes it's going to be hard and painful mm-hmm. and we're still very young and don't know a lot but it's they're just magical all the same yeah and I think like don't put too much pressure on your first year out Mm -hmm. and I think uh, well obviously it was a tricky time to navigate for us right at the same time we grew so much and learned so much and that's just thanks to like amazing coworkers that we had and like amazing like friends that we made through work lifelong friends truly in fact our our old boss recently called faith yes so mk we love her and like honestly i don't know why i want everyone to know this but erica is a design director we worked with and she was a tattoo artist before she was a designer and i felt so close to erica that i said okay fine i'll let erica give me a tattoo oh my gosh wow so you're gonna get a tattoo like, no, I'm never getting a tattoo, but, like, <laughs> I've literally, when Erica told me, our, she's just such a talented artist and, like, such a cool person, that I was right. like, I will let you give me a tattoo. I will, it will be my honor. Not even, like, I'll let you. Like, I will feel so special if you do it. That's what if, how I felt. What if you got a tattoo that said Pop Apologist? Okay, And I then will. it came full circle. Okay, full circle, Pop yeah. Apologist. But, sorry, on that tangent. Literally, there's so many amazing people that you'll meet, like, in your first job, and yeah. I feel very lucky to meet, like, to have met everyone that we did. Totally. Um, I think my, par- some parting advice, uh, set up your 401k, because oh Faith gosh. and I both forgot, so oh set that gosh. up. Oh my gosh! I thought you did it! I thought uh-uh. you did it. Oh my I gosh. didn't do it, I didn't do it until, like, three or four months into the job, so I just kind of lost out on that money. Oh, I never um, did it, and I yeah. now am uh, going to school and have student loans, so. <laughs> We're doing great, and honestly, uh, it's fun to have work crushes, so. That's, yeah, we w- uh, we're big advocates for work crushes. Don't yeah, tell your creative director you love them. Oh, uh, my gosh. But, uh, have work you crushes. Have to, we're going to end on that story. You're going to okay. tell you that story right now. This, oh is our, this is our finale piece of maybe how much we blurred the lines between being professionals and uh this Call, is like truly young insane. girls in our 20s. This is insane. Okay. So this was um, a dark time for me, but something that will be the funniest story of my life for many <laughs> years to come. I had a really great creative director, and Chan and I had these two creative directors that were, they're just like very nice guys and cute, we, nice guys. They're also very guys. cute, whatever. Yeah. Um, but we, my creative director, um, I won't name names, but he moved and was working freelance even before, or not freelance, uh, from home Mm -hmm. in a different city. So he, when we would have reviews, like it would be a little bit sporadic because he wouldn't be Mm -hmm. in the office. And so one, one day he comes back from, um, I think Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Where he lived, Texas. 
And he texts me just like off the cuff because like I didn't have super scheduled reviews because he didn't live um, in LA. So he texts me, he's like, hey, Faith, like, I'd love to check in and just chat about things and uh, come by my office whenever. So I text him back. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, for sure. Let me come. Just come in and we can chat. Faith goes into the office. I. It was such a great meeting. He was so nice. He was like, okay, like, let's try to figure all this stuff out for you. I was kind of going through like a weird like time where I was trying to like, I feel like I, I don't know. I just wanted to be on certain accounts and I wanted more attention, I guess, Mm -hmm. because he was kind of out um, of town. Right. You you were missing his mentorship. Yes. Yeah. But then he like totally set me up, like had people check on me, was so kind. And he's like, yeah, maybe you can talk to this person and this person and like, you'll do great. So I'm just coming off that meeting feeling great. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, uh, I Chan was out of the office, like probably on a radio record or something. Oh no, I was in New York. I was like on vacation. Okay, well, I was trying to give you some credit. Oh, thank you, but mm-hmm. I stole it for myself. She was she was out of the office, and so I'm like, of course, gonna text Chan how it went. I go down to my phone. Um, so I also want you to know the location of my creative director's office is in a glass office, like right in front of me, so I can still see him. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um I go down to text um Chan and I'm like Faith also doesn't save numbers on her computer she wasn't at the time no I was not so I go down to text Chan I'm like oh my gosh had such a great meeting with and then I proceed that text with I think I'm in love with (laughs) like fully fully like that's not even casual like oh love it's like, I think I'm in love. It was, I am in love. Oh, I just said his also, name. So screw me. But anyway. I'll, I'll bleep it out or whatever. <laughs> she said, also, I'm in love with so-and-so. Also, exclamation point. So-and-so. Exclamation point. Then I'm like, oh, whatever. Keep going about my day. Then I'm like, I have a weird feeling. I look at my text. I see, you did not just text Chandler. You just texted your creative director. <laughs> that you love him it makes me like sweat literally immediately I was like oh my gosh oh my gosh I can (laughs) the horrible part is I can now see him in the office and he hasn't read the text yet and I can see him like with his computer and I had I did I had thoughts of like okay go in like take his computer right 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 and immediately tackle him to the ground do whatever the computer like out the window yes but like of course like I'm just like okay you're just going you're digging yourself deeper so he hasn't read the text yet so I just continue to dig myself deeper and I'm like Um, oh my gosh you meant to text that to Chandler you're so great for the team. Thanks so much. Go team. <laughs> like a million just like digging deeper. Like maybe in my head, I'm like, okay, I can get this like conversation like away from like. Right. From like eyes. romantic. I yeah. want to marry him. Yeah. Yes, I'm in love yes, with him. Yeah. yeah. So um, really went hard. Then I watch him as he looks down his, at his computer, <laughs>, laughs, like just starts laughing so hard and <laughs> doesn't reply and doesn't say anything to me about it ever again. <laughs> Did you, you guys never talked about it? No. Okay. Right. No. I think that's perfect. I think that's absolutely perfect. No, and it was so awkward. It's in, it was even so awkward for a long time after. Truly. I mean, I think he's a great guy. He's yes. a, like, he gets it. Yes. Also like they were really, you know, they were, they were great to us. Yes. Um, so we so like, funny. I'm sure they appreciated it. Love you. That's all I, I want. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, well, I guess like that's another like little tip to either save your uh, save numbers on your work mm-hmm. on your work computer iMessage, or just don't keep your texts on your computer. Or don't so. don't don't say that you love people randomly. Right. Right. Yeah. Or just like maybe try and keep it actually professional. Yeah, be professional. That's, that's if you can't, if it's hard for you to be professional like it was for us, just don't <laughs> keep your text on your computer. Quit it with the exclamation points and don't say love in any more texts. Don't say in love with ever. Yeah, no. Uh, well, I'm so happy you could come on the pod. Yes, really. I really do feel honored to be on the pod. Well, I just love you and love I'm you. so looking forward to your career of fame and OMG, you know no. incredible production design truly well she's I going can't wait. she's going to be a star folks she already is a star oh my gosh That's love so you cool. love you bye, bye everyone That's all for now folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at popapologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus' wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Catherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how. And work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.